What's up, YouTube? So today I have an amazing guest. I have Seth with me, also known as Soccer Card Corner on YouTube. By the way, I will leave all the links for him below the video. But it's a pleasure to, to have you with me, Seth. Uh, how, how are you doing, first of all? And uh, um, give me an update in your journey since uh, more than one year ago I had you on YouTube and uh, I'm really curious to see how things are going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. First of all, thanks for having me again. Uh, it's been, yeah, the campaign oh, my it's pleasure. been already over a year. Um, Lot, feels like a lot has changed, so I'm excited to kind of dig into all the different things that have changed over that time. Uh, I guess update on my journey. Yeah, still still making videos on YouTube, um, you know, focused on a, uh, you know, we, we can dive into it, but focused on the Lionel Messi, trying to obtain a Lionel Messi rookie, but really building the bankroll and trying to share that process, share, you know, what I'm grading, my thoughts, kind of just like the whole thought process behind trying to grade cards to build up a bankroll, um, you know, through, through the, you know, hopefully allowing other people to learn from my journey and then just making other videos around observations about the market um, and just fun topics that I find interesting that I want to dive into and then share with everyone else. So uh, it's been good. Uh, you know, I, as you probably know that I think the toughest part is just being consistent and like staying on top of, you know, recording and doing all that stuff along with, you know, the other responsibilities in life. But um, but yeah, it's been fun. It's been a fun, uh, fun year getting more and more immersed into the soccer card hobby. No, for sure. I, I've been following your channel and um, I mean, a lot of great stuff there. And, and I think it's so cool that you have been uh, documenting your journey. Actually, I I'm I, I, we have questions re related with that to today, but uh, it's kind of it's kind of cool to see that you had one goal and uh, you probably have more goals right now, but you are still trying to 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 at least stay focused in in, in the main goal that, that started uh, everything. So, Seth, I believe you know how this works. I have um, uh, five questions for you. I will start with the first one. We we don't have to stay very attached to them, but uh, they are good entry points for for the conversation. So the question number one, recently we had the Gold Neuer Topps Chrome 2017 selling for $800, was a PSA 10, and for people that are not aware, gold are out, out of 50. But not that uh, long time ago, uh, a warrant, uh, also in the same set, sold for um, a little bit over $100, I believe was 120 Orange was a PSA 9, so less condition rarity, but orange is out of 25 versus gold out of 50. There was a lot of talk about, uh, about this sale uh, on my Discord. I also saw people on Instagram chatting about this, but I would love to know your views uh, on this um, on this topic because I, I, I recently uh, noticed that you are also collecting the set. Correct me if I'm wrong, but at least is at least I saw a nice Salah on your uh, on your Instagram, um, I believe is is a red the PSA ten, right? Or PSA nine? I'm not sure. Yeah, it's um, a ten. Yeah, a ten. So, congrats uh, first of all. But uh, your views about this, since uh, you you are also at least uh, interacting with, with with the set. Yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. For context, I I am currently trying to collect the gold set. Um, I've been posting some of it, but also trying to strike a balance between, you know, trying to collect what I can but also sharing with other people. Um, so yeah, I, I thought this was a super fascinating uh, sale. Uh, I didn't even realize the orange had sold until I saw the message in the Discord and, and the subsequent discussion. Yep. Uh, I think there's a couple things happening here. Um, I'll try to go through each one. I think one, uh, I think ge just generally speaking, as somebody who's gotten more into this set and, and interacted with others who are 
pretty well versed in this set. There is definitely a mismatch between values in orange and gold. And what I mean by that is like if you take a PSA 10 for a, a random player in the set of orange and gold and you ask everyone who collects the set or everyone who knows about the set, what would they pay for each one? The gold one will almost always sell for at least the same as the orange, sometimes more, depending on like pop pops and stuff like that. Um, so that right there, there's obviously an inefficiency just in the fact that gold is out of 50. It sells for almost exactly the same as orange out of 25 when you would expect the orange to basically be twice as expensive. So like that's happening. I think you mentioned the PSA 9, PSA 10. There's probably some adjustment we can make for that. Interestingly, though, I was looking at those cards. I think the gold is a pop two. The PSA 10 is a pop two. And I think the orange, the pop, the PSA 9 is a pop one and there's one higher. So it's not like there's 10 oranges. Oh, that's and then crazy. you could explain, you know, so honestly, and, you know, without giving like too much away around like who purchased it, although I think he's already shared it. Um, I oh, know yeah. that the I mean, gold... I, I think people are aware uh, it okay. was actually the, the last guest uh, on yeah, uh... James. Yeah. So I, I was talking to him just about his chase and I know that he only I know Neuer Gre was one of the final. Oh, sorry, you said so just, just to say one thing, I actually thought the sale was too strong, but he's an amazing collector. Great guy is what it was one of my best podcasts, to, to be honest. And I'm really happy that he actually was the person that ended up uh, getting the, the gold because he's in really, really good hands. Exactly. And I think that's part of the reason why it went for so much, too, is that the fact that he's very close to collecting the, the whole set. That was one of the few remaining ones that he needed. And it hasn't come up in like a year. And I and I don't exactly. I, mean, I guess I don't know who was bidding against him. Right. Like it's hard to know if those are other set collectors or if it's other people who just haven't seen that card and, and really value it. But I think the fact that he, it was him who bought it probably drove the price up a bit because he was probably willing to pay you know whatever you know whatever it took to to get it so i think there's that aspect of it too whereas i would imagine the orange even if it is a set collector again i think it's just a little more under the radar so there probably wasn't as as many eyes or as much demand i think the gold had quite a few more bids too if i'm not mistaken so i think there's kind of a few things happening here i agree in general like if you look at those two cards just next to each other it looks really odd because like even if the you know you adjusted for the grades, the gold is basically selling for like two or three x with the oranges, and then there's a basically a two x you know less rarity the other way. Um, but I think that's kind of just what's happening with this set in general. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? I, I know you've you've been collecting different cards from that set for quite a bit longer than me. Hey guys, quick pause on this one. First of all, hope you are enjoying the video. If that's the case, do not forget to leave a like. But let me share with you two things. The first is I have a Patreon community that is growing super fast. I put a lot of content there. If you join right now, you pay around $10, but you have access to more than 100 exclusive videos. It's an amazing place to learn about the soccer card market and you also support the channel. Link below the video and also in the comments. The second thing is my Discord server. We are more than 1,000 members. I'm going to say it again, 1,000 members. And it's an amazing community, an amazing place to interact with me, to interact with other collectors. 
to learn and share about the soccer card market. Uh, similar to Patreon, link will also be below the video. If $10 is a lot of money to you, don't feel pressure to join the Patreon. For me, it's not super relevant. Of course, I would love to see you there, but at least join the Discord. That's totally free and is an amazing place to, to learn about the soccer card market, like I said a couple of seconds ago. Now let's continue with this one, and I hope you have fun. Well, it's a, it's a difficult one. I, I Honestly, I, I believe that the sale for the gold was a bit too much, and uh, my comparison is not even the orange, even though that also plays a role. Is that that recently a red Buffon sold for 900 and was a PSA 10? And uh, I at least I put the Buffon card ahead of the, the Neuer, uh, specifically because of the photo. I think the Buffon is, is a much better one. The, 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 the Neuer is in the training kit. I, I don't even like that photo that much. Um, and it's a red. I mean, red is, is the, are the grails of, uh, apart from, of course, the, the one of ones, but the reds are, are, are the grails of the set. And if Buffon goes for 900 or something like that, and Neuer in a gold, and, and was also PSA 10, by the way, on red, goes for yeah. 800, I, I think there is much, much better value on the, on the Buffon. I could be wrong, but I actually believe uh, uh, James was also the winner of the Buffon. What? That's what I was going to say. So I think that's the other thing about this is that it's like it's so, the same guy buying both of them, right? So it's like yeah. Uh, so I actually I think it's also no. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, so I, 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 say, I think it's I think we I think we often look at like oh what's the value right? And I think in these situations, like it's fair. But I also don't think like if this card came up for auction, the the gold I'm talking about, if that came up for auction this week and then next week and then next week. I'd, I'd be surprised if those prices hit the the eight hundred dollar price. I think it's yeah. I think it's a very unique circumstances of factors, and in, in especially considering the person, you know, buying these. Like I get the sense that some of these less uh, popular, like more rare uh, cards from this set, it's like the same five people <laughs> like battling <laughs> against each other for them. That's at least like what it feels like as somebody who's recently been also trying to uh, acquire cards from this set. But the, but the, the the thing I would add to that is I actually believe he got an amazing deal on, on the Buffon Red. I, I thought the Buffon around 1K yeah. was was a really, really nice deal. Um, I didn't like the, the goal that much, but he kind of ended up balancing out because I thought he, he did an amazing deal in one. The other one, I'm a bit more, uh, honestly, whatever. But the, the, the thing about also about Orange... Um, yeah, I mean, looking at $100 for the orange seems crazy, crazy good deal. Um, so I would much rather be the seller on the gold than the buyer on the, on the orange. The, the, the thing that I also would add into this conversation is people have to... I, I see the narrative that there is collectors for red, there is collectors for um, for gold, but the reality check, there is collectors for all colors. That That's the thing. And... Uh, Orange being out of 25 does not take a lot of collectors to put all of them out of the market or, or very expensive and, and difficult to to obtain. Um, and uh, you also end up touching in something that uh, when knowing that the person that went for, for, for the Neuer really went at that, uh, what scares me, and uh, I'm being very honest here, is that uh, people can really get shield bid in, in, in this type of stuff because... Yeah. I'm really not sure if that price, uh, to be honest, I did not even look at the auction th that close to have a strong opinion, but it's tricky because uh, uh, 
we all end up facing this when we want a card and all of a sudden the price is already out of the, the fair deal that we expected, what's going on, and later we see the card relisted and you also have a sense, okay, I almost felt for for that but i, I don't know i mean um i i believe the the long run could be a great buy you know yeah i think i yeah I, I totally agree with you i think it's tough because as like again like going through the checklist you see one come up and it's it's tough to balance like oh i want i need to get this versus like what is a fair comp or what is a fair market price for this card i think part of it is like if i had three cards left and one of them hadn't come up in over a year and then it popped up like i don't know it would be tough to to not go go strong for it um but i think you also bring up a really good point on the orange uh you know i have a couple orange that i've just graded over the years and another one at psa and they're actually really beautiful in person um i think they kind of get lost between the red which is obviously out of 10 and then gold which is sort of like the hobby everyone loves gold but I really think that the orange just, unfortunately, it's like they got stuck between the red and, and the gold. And because of that, I think it gets forgotten about a little bit. So the the, the parallel I actually have the most in the set is gold, I believe. But mm. the second is, is orange. Um, I find all, I mean, for me, this is always, this gold narrative is a bit of nonsense in my perspective because I I understand that uh, some cars really look nice in gold, but I think this is more uh, set to set. Uh, there is golds that I don't even like that, that much in other sets. I like I actually like the gold a lot in in Chrome to be honest, but I like all the parallels in in Chrome. That that's the thing. I thought they made the set uh, really really well. But like you said, the the orange looks nice and uh, before we started recording this, actually I was doing some research. Um, for, for a Patreon video on uh, on this topic. And uh, I was looking at prices for Mbappé because I think the Mbappé card is the best card to take a look because in, is, is, in terms of liquidity and price, price history is ahead of the competition. And uh, um, again, I, I'm still in my early stage of, of research on this topic, but I believe the most expensive Mbappé on Chrome was actually a orange one in a PSA 10, sold for more than the gold at the top of the market, to be fair. So who knows how it, 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 it would play out now. Uh, and the narrative seems a bit stronger for the gold nowadays. I, I totally admit that. But uh, when you look at the, the Mbappé card, the gold and the orange, the difference is... Sometimes the orange even sells for more. And, and you also mentioned that in, in other sports, in, in other sets, right? So honestly, it's about opportunity. I see more opportunity in the orange right now than I see on the gold. Do I like the golds more than the orange? Probably yes, to, to be fair, on the, on, on the set. But it's not a distance that I, you know, for me, is, is makes me pay 10x more for one versus the other. Yeah. And sure. I'm sorry, actually, for example, I think blue looks amazing on the set. I also believe green looks amazing on the set. Even purple yeah. matches well. So the set is really, really well made. I, I agree. I've actually like messed around with like, okay, should I just start buying? Because you can buy a lot of the, I'll call them just like random players, like the no-name type players. Like you can buy them all over like Comp C or people are selling them on Instagram and stuff. And I've honestly been like, should I just start buying up all these like blue and green purple of these like random people that like if I ever decided to collect the set they would be the ones that would be the hardest to find because people aren't really grading you know they're not really when, grading some of these players you know when and, I started uh, I know, collecting I what's that 
when I started collecting the set, the green was actually my my favorite parallel because remember me the the PMG stuff and I, and I thought was oh, yeah. was quite nice. Um, but uh, nowadays, honestly, I I like all. If I had to choose one, if money was no problem, is red and not not just sure. because it's the most expensive. I actually really like the the red. For example, your, your Salah uh, looks amazing and and like i was explaining goes so well with the, with the, the liverpool kit that, that that card is insanely beautiful i was looking at the aguero uh, blue and i thought mm. this aguero blue may looks better in in blue than in red that's the reality even though of course the red will be much more expensive but it's also about the aesthetics of, of the card and um, and yeah that that's that, that's my perspective to to be honest so the question number two is goes like this. I would love an update on your goal of getting a PSA 87 on Biz. Any changes and uh, different goals right now? Like I was saying, I saw that you got um, a Chrome Salah Red and that's already a big goal. So share some insight on that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll give I'll give some context on the Salah and then uh, but to answer the first question on the Messi. So still uh, still doing the Grail quest started with a $1,000 bankroll with the idea of just buying, grading, selling cards to try and build that up over time. Um, and then along the way, really share my thought process and learnings for other people who might be either in the hobby or, or entering the hobby just as like, a, um, you know, learn from my mistakes, maybe learn from things that I do well kind of thing. Uh, currently, we're at around $2,000. So we basically doubled the bankroll. Um, and that's assuming... Congrats, by the way. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's slow and steady. Uh, we have about 25 cards at PSA. So I'm basically assuming that if I just sell those for cost, if I completely break even, I'll have $2,000. So if I make, you know, if we make a few hundred dollars or a thousand dollars or something like that number could be closer to 3000. Um, so still going, I think the waiting for PSA is, I think the biggest is the toughest part of it for me because I get cards out and then like, I have a batch right now. It's been there for three months and it's just like, it makes it tough to, sort of document the journey and also, you know, buy and sell those cards uh, when like a third of it is just sitting at PSA. Um, and Except so, yeah, still doing that. I think the, the uh, were you going to say something? I was saying, to be fair, when you started, the, the turnarounds ended up being much worse, right? So Yeah, so when I started, it was interesting. I was actually using SGC for a little bit because they had oh. like a one-week turnaround. That, that's and I've actually idea. considered I've actually considered doing that, but I think going through the process, like it's really certain types of cards that you have to consider sending there. Um, you can't just I think send everything just because of some of the resale value. Um, so yeah, I still still have that goal. I really want to finish that just for the purpose of I started it, and that's why some people follow my channel, or at least originally started following my channel. But then also I think just like going through it and continuing to like adapt to the, the way the market changes, I think is valuable both for myself, but I think also for other people to just see through, you know, my mindset and just learn from, like I said, things that I'm doing um, on the Salah. So, yeah, I think like as I've gotten more into the sports card, soccer card hobby, especially, um, I think when I first started, it was like, OK, I'm just going to buy all these cards and grade these cards and then there's so many different things, especially in soccer, so many eras and so many different players to focus on where I'm like, oh, that looks cool or I'll get that. I didn't really have like a clear direction. And so then as I got more and more into it, I was like, OK, and, and I've I've taken some inspiration from other collectors and other just people in the hobby around just enjoyable ways to approach the hobby. And I think what I've found 
very enjoyable is, you know, like I said, mentioning collecting the 2017 Chrome gold set and other just 2017 Chrome and, and obviously Salah, just having that focus of a set and a player that I'm trying to collect has really provided a lot more enjoyment for me. And so when the red came up, it was really more of a, okay, like, do I move around some existing things that I have to like free up some funds for this? Because this might be like a once in a lifetime opportunity to get this card, pop one. Um, he's my favorite player. I've been a Liverpool supporter for like 10 years. So it was just kind of like it felt meant to be. Um, not necessarily something I had planned on, but I think it just shows like as you're in this hobby, things become available and it's important to be able to be adaptable and um you know and focused as well because if i wasn't focused like that card would have come up and i would have been like oh that card looks cool and then by the time i was focused on collecting sell off for example it would have been long gone so i think it's it, it, definitely i find myself veering more into like the collector mindset which i think ultimately is just a more enjoyable way to be in this hobby but i think it takes everyone their own journey to kind of get there and find that Let's put things this way. The market also forces a lot of people to to be That's collectors and not, and not <laughs> investors. But I mean, congrats uh, on that card. Like like I was saying, he's, he's an amazing. I, actually, but I believe he's one of the, the most beautiful uh, cards in the set because it looks amazing uh, red, red on red. And you are also a huge Liverpool fan. So kind of make I, I was happy that that you are the person that that got uh, the card. Uh, but actually, this is this is not part of the questions I, I had prepared for you. But I'm curious to know because if you have the red Salah, you basically if you want to collect Salah, you have the probably the most difficult one out of the list. Forgetting, of course, the the one of one. Are you becoming a Salah collector? Uh, going, for example, for the Prism 2018, because Salah is 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 in is a player that is a bit weird in the sense that he is an amazing player. He could very easily be a all-time great uh, specific for for africa um and i think these prices are fairly affordable comparing with with other players yeah i think i i agree i mean i'm definitely biased but i think he's i think generally he's very underappreciated um i think you know just for just just in as a soccer player in general but i think in the hobby as well um and you're right, he is, it's kind of a weird, like his rookie is technically the sticker in 2013 Champions League. There's some overprinting problems. The PSA 10s are actually pretty low pop, I think like 40 something, which is pretty good for a sticker that's been around for 10 years. Um, but he doesn't have like a rookie card, right? And then between 2013 and really 2017 Tops Chrome, there's not that many Salah cards. Um, and then, yeah, he's in the 2018 Prism. You have um, a Chelsea card, uh, yeah, 2014, that, and th th there is numbered versions of that card. So, again, if you are a Liverpool, a Liverpool fan, a Chelsea card may, may not do it for you. Yeah. But it's kind of like a rookie card, to be fair, if you really think about his, his first season at uh, uh, in the Premier League. I actually believe that card has some potential, to, to be fair with you. I think so too. And it's actually, I, I've looked into that card a bit. It's very low pop. Like it's very hard to find. So I think there is definitely a rarity aspect there. Um, but then, yeah. And then there's a couple like tops UEFA champions league 
cards with him in aroma kit i think there's like a revolution card like there's just not many like key cards i guess um, so I'm, I'm sorry for, for interrupting you so much but sure. the the cards i really like for him um that are available probably there is some agenda that i'm forgetting first of all is is the chrome card i think is the best card for him is with liverpool great set I think that's the best card. I, I also think the the prism is a cool one. The it's 2018, right? It, it was that's not right. in 2014. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, and I saw no, I, I for some reason I don't remember the parallel exactly, but I saw a very low numbered one in prism, let's say six months ago, selling for for very little. And I thought, look, if you are a Salah collector, this is a, a great a great card. And I also like the the revolution uh, because. And, uh, and I like it because he actually was quite good at Roma, um, mm-hmm. and Roma is also a great team. And I don't know, I think a card with Liverpool, a card with Roma, and a card with Egypt is, is quite nice if you are a, um, a Salah collector. If I was collecting Salah, those will be the three cards I, 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 would, um, I would basically target him. Yeah, yeah. so I, I think to answer your original question, I, I do have, I basically have a PSA 10 of every Chrome parallel except the orange. Mm-hmm. Um, there's two oranges on eBay right now, but like going back and then going back to our orange and gold discussion, the, the oranges on eBay right now are, they're both listed at like almost 4,000, like very oh, high wow. in, in my <laughs> okay. opinion. And I think part of the problem is like one of the buyers, I was looking at the sales history. I think one of the buyers just bought at the peak of the market for like 4,000. So like, doesn't want to come down. Um, and then the other one I think was just recently graded. But it's interesting because the the pop reports for the orange, there's like a pop six for the PSA 10 and the gold is a pop two. So there's like some weird pop dynamics with that. With yeah, the, that's weird. Salah too. I think it's like, I think Salah is a pop two in the 10 and like a pop seven or nine in the, in the PSA nine. Because so the, the, the set, the gem rate is like 30% or 50%. So, and I, at one point I knew this, right? Right now I, I'm not up, up to date, but uh, to be honest, the PSA 10s, I remember being very equal among all, all the colors, but sometimes it happens, you know, that there is one color have a lot of PSA 10s, the other don't, and uh, it, it's weird. Yeah, and like certain players too, will have some players will have like zero tens and like seven nines, and then others yeah. will have like 12 tens and zero nine. It's yeah, it's super weird. So that one, I think eventually I'll get the PSA 10 orange just to have the full the full rainbow because yeah once i had the red and i recently got the gold it was like well i was i already had the other colors and they're not that hard to get so and then obviously the super fractor but that that's impossible so and then yeah i have i have a few 2018 prism i've kind of just been looking at those like when i can find good deals i think i have the green crystals which is out of 25. um it was interesting one just sold um it was like the blue shimmer just out of five just sold a PSA nine just sold the other day for like less than $700, which I don't know, like I bid on it. I wasn't willing to go super high because frankly, I, I didn't really know if that was a good price or not. It feels low just given it's out of it five. It feels low at least for me, yeah. but again, I, I'm also not up to date on the Salah market to know for sure if that was a good deal or not, but it seems okay at least. Yeah. It's interesting. That one's interesting too, because uh, prism like the blue which is i think 199 i could be i could be off but you can get a psa 10 for that for like a hundred dollars 150 dollars and then the red i think it's 149 because then the red is out of 199 but because no, it's I, a color match it sells for like 
No, no, I actually believe... 249, 249. No, actually, I believe you end up being corrected the first time. The blue is out of 199 and the red 139. Because that's the way Prism 2014 goes, and I believe 2018 also goes that way. But again, uh, but I thought, I, yeah, I thought that I thought that 2018 red was out of maybe it's 149. Anyways, it's 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 not that far off from 199, but it sells for like three X because it's uh like a color match. Oh, but so like the red the so, red one in 2018 prison is hard to is hard to get for a cheap price. But same thing happens in 2014 with Cristiano Ronaldo. The the red sells for more than the 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 purple because the red looks really good with the Portugal kit and the the purple does not match that 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 well. So and honestly, I I understand that. At the end of the day, we also collect because the card looks good. Aesthetics are are, are part of the equation. No 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 matter what. Um, and I was thinking also about that. Would I prefer a purple Ronaldo or a, or a red? Honestly, the red. <laughs> I know it's a yeah, bit more yeah. common, but it is what it is, basically. <laughs> yeah, you. It's like you. It's like the red you would want to look at more, and the purple you would just have it because it's it's rare, but it wouldn't necessarily make you as happy. So, yeah, I get that. So yeah, we'll see. I'm I definitely am collecting Salah, but I don't want to just be like, oh, I'm collecting every Salah ever. I'm trying to be again like more intentional, more focused. Um, have more of a plan around, you know, what it is that I buy and focus my energy on. I actually don't don't know the the answer for this question, but uh, is Salah also part of the select uh, level fields, the, um, the horizontal card on the phone like seventeen, or or, or could could be both because in the, yeah in, no no right but yeah because he was at Rome and the only famous Roma card is probably the the Revolution right so. Yeah, yeah but and then I think, like I said, I think the 2017 Chrome is like the first. That's like the first time he was in a Liverpool kit, and that's like his, you know, obviously a key set. So it's yeah, yeah it's an he's an interesting player because he's not in a lot. I mean, now he is right, like all the all the new product. There's tons of new product, but um, and then yeah, I think in terms of like legacy, it's like he's not far from being a top three goal scorer at Liverpool, which you know, is I think pretty well recognized as one of the biggest clubs. Like that's, I mean, he's, he's already scored more than Gerard. Granted, Gerard played midfield, but he also took penalties. Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like, I think in hindsight, he'll go down as like a very well-respected, you know, legend. Um, but it's almost, it's almost hard to appreciate while it's, I guess, while no, it's still I agree. happening. I agree. And for me, his, his legacy depends still a bit if he stays, let's say two or three seasons more at Premier League because he's yeah. still playing well. So if next season he goes to Saudi, I would feel a bit disappointed with him, similar to to to, to Neymar, to be honest, um, because Neymar could still be playing at, at, at the elite level and he ended up doing that. And I think Salah could, could be similar on that sense, but if Salah, if Salah stays uh, two seasons more, two seasons would be, would be ideal in my, in my perspective at Liverpool. He probably will, will, will broke some records. He probably will put numbers that will be difficult to to catch. And um, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's, he's one. He's already one of the best African players ever, in in my opinion. He's, he's already debating with Samoleto, Didier Drogba, but he, he can actually surpass them. But he, he needs to to keep uh, winning stuff. And uh, Liverpool is doing great this season, right? So um, who yeah. knows? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. I hope he stays too. <laughs> 
So, <laughs> you know, but but I, I, I'm a huge fan of Salah, actually. I think he's one of the best players. So the question number three goes this way. Since our conversation um, we had, let's say, one year ago, what's the big difference you see in our market right now? Comparing the market versus yeah. when you started. I think, well, I, think, well, I think you kind of touched on it earlier. I think a lot of the, I don't want to say hype, but I think like some of the hype has sort of died down. I don't think it's necessarily just soccer or football, but across a lot of uh, a lot of the markets. But I think that's the biggest one where I've seen, you know, prices continue to to drop, not on every card. But if you look at like card ladder index, I mean, it's consistently, yeah. consistently down. Um, and I by think the way, I said it's not even only cards or collectibles. If you look at real estate, it's down. Sure. You look everything right now. Stocks, I, th yeah. I think there is still. Uh, I, I think probably the worst was like seven months, eight months ago. I thought there was so much fear in the market, but is, there is still a lot of fear, you know. Um, and I think that 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 plays a huge a huge role. Actually, I was looking at data for Europe, to be honest, so not super relevant for a lot of viewers. But uh, there is much less uh, um, credits right now, uh, basically less free money, and and that that plays a huge role in the market. Yeah, I think yeah, I think less free money, and like you said, just kind of the fear. I think even if people have free money, there's just a, I, and and I've seen this too, where uh, I buy a card, either eBay, card hobby somewhere, in, with the intention to grade it. I send it to PSA. By the time it comes back, even in a PSA 10, sometimes that card is worth what I paid for it raw because of the time lag between when I bought it and when I'm selling it. Right. And so then that makes it seem like, well, why am I even buying that in the first place? If it honestly, dip, right, I think a lot of people are feeling that way. No, but you actually a couple of minutes ago, you end up talking about the SEC. And I remember uh, saying this to a lot of people. That everyone say, oh no, you you have to send cards to PSA. This was one year ago, two years ago, and I remember saying to a lot of people, I don't think so, because if you send to PSA, you wait six months, you wait one year, you don't know the market. I did a lot. I, I made a lot of money with my strategy with SCC because I was putting the cards back in the market very fast, and I remember people. Uh, a lot of it, a bit of folks, but I, I remember people doing the same with PSA tens later, and they sold for less than my SEC nine fives. You know, so yeah. this is also something to have in consideration: is when the market is going down, um, speed is very important. You know, um, speed is, to be honest, speed is, is always important because you, you can adjust much better. But uh, in cards, is is a big deal. And another thing that I, I also wanted to ask, and I, we end up actually moving questions, but I, I forgot to ask this. In your journey of getting to the Messi 7 on bs um, what are the products, if that makes sense, that is doing the best for you? Is pre-modern? Is uh, modern? What are, what are the ones that are making you closer? Yeah, it's interesting. Um... It's funny, I would say I've probably done, I don't know how many cards, but maybe somewhere between like 50 and 70 or so that I've like actually graded and sold. Um, a lot of them, and this is what I talk about on the channel too, where it's like a lot of my goal is really to like, hey, we're we're going to lose money on some cards. It's just the nature of, of grading and the market, right? So it's like, how do we minimize what we lose? And then if we, when we do hit like a, a big card, like maximize it. So, you know, out of the, you know, if we're up like a thousand dollars, you know, starting with a thousand now we're at two thousand. 
I could probably trace that gain to like four cards. You mm -hmm. know, like you remove everything else, it kind of cancels out. And then there's like four cards, a couple uh Ronaldinho, um, the uh, it's like the 2003, the Los Cracks La Liga. It kind of yeah. looks like a, like a disco, disco ball type card. I graded two of those and got pretty high grades. And so I was able to basically turn $50 in cost into like $300. Like those were kind of some big wins. I also, right before the World Cup, found a messy... A messy gold finest flashbacks on card hobby for like 60 bucks. So then I graded that it got a 10 and I sold for like three, three something. So there's a few of those where it's like it obviously like big players. And then honestly, some of the more rare pre-modern stuff has been actually the best ROI. The problem with that is it's hard to find that stuff and it's hard to find it in, you know, PSA eight plus shape. Yeah. Um, whereas but some of the some of the newer stuff that's done well is really like the stuff that you would think like some of the some rookies that performed well so i had like some cody gakpo he was doing well for liverpool those sold well even even in instances where they get where i didn't grade them right they would just like resell them and the market had just ticked up um and then a lot of like the u.s men's national team stuff did bad <laughs> so like stuff that i bought and then i didn't grade it and then by the time i got it back you know it was like four or five months in the world cup hype had sort of died down some politics especially geo reina that he was another one that that kind of died down so it's it's interesting to kind of see and experiment with sets players um and see what works and then be like okay like what are my learnings like that's one thing i always try to do when i do my sales recaps is like okay what did i learn from this batch of cards and one of the things i've learned is like stop buying geo reina at least for now until <laughs> until things get a little bit better yeah, I mean, to be to be honest, does not surprise me that much because uh, I believe when the market was at the top, the the American players did so well that yeah, the correction eventually will will yeah will happen. But the 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 thing about pre modern is that, and uh, I have a similar experience, even though I am doing less flipping nowadays. But uh, pre modern, when you get the top grades, the return is is absurd. But is the problem is is not easy to because. At least for me, pre-modern was basically boom or bust a lot of times. If I get a PSA 8, probably I'm not making anything. Probably I, I lose money in the sense that I wait and shipping, yeah, yeah. etc. is not great. If you get a, a 10, things get quite quite uh, obnoxious because sometimes you buy a card for $20, you sell it close to 500 It's really crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, interesting stuff for, to know for sure. Uh, but I ended up basically cutting you from the question number three. Basically, was uh, the biggest difference in in our market. So, if you want to continue with that, feel free. Yeah, yeah. I was just saying. I think like because of the prices, like it kind of forces a couple things. Like it, it has definitely shifted my focus into more of a collector mindset, which I think is probably where I was going to be anyways. It's just you know when prices are going down, it's hard to have fun if everything that you buy loses money. So. For me, it's more like, okay, what am I, how can I have fun like participating in this market? And so I've found a lot of joy out of, like I said, f focusing on Salah or, or 2017 Chrome and then interacting. The, the coolest thing has been just like interacting with people that I've been purchasing cards from or like the gold Salah, for example. I saw that that card was on an Instagram page. I, f I contacted that person. They finally got back to me and said like, oh, I sold it to this person several months ago so then i contacted that person and they're like oh man i just sold this to this person 
And then I contacted that person and, you know, you just like not saying like, hey, can I have this card? But it's more like you just kind of like interact with people and you meet people. And then by the time you get to the person who has it and you you know, just basically build a relationship and then eventually he was like, hey, I, I'd be willing to sell this to you. Getting that card. Now there's like three people that I've interacted with that now I you know still trade messages with. And to me, that's been like the biggest change for me personally. Um, but I think just like broadly speaking, as you have other people in the market, as prices are going down, I think there's other ways to really appreciate the hobby and appreciate the people in the hobby. So I think that's like what I've seen personally. And, and I think maybe just advice for other people who are maybe feeling a little discouraged by the, the macro and economic environment. Hey guys, sorry for interrupting this amazing conversation, but I want to share an amazing thing with you. The Talking Cards podcast also releases on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And let me be totally honest with you. If you find value on my videos, if you find value on the Talking Cards podcast, keep in mind, there is a lot of hours that I put into this. And if you can help me in some way, that will be amazing. And the way I want you to help me right now is... If you can go to the Apple Podcasts and leave a review, thank you so much for that. If you could do the same on the Spotify, also thank you so much for that. And um, yeah, that's basically it. Let's continue this conversation because this is an amazing one. No, well said. I mean, I I subscribe to that 100%. I, look, one thing that I have been saying, been saying on this channel for so, so long if you guys want to make money, cards are probably not the best place to be in. Let's be real. Yes, it sometimes it will happen, this crazy bull run that we had in 2020, 2021, and all of a sudden this looks the best investment on earth. But in reality, that's tend to that tends to, to be not the reality. It's not the reality, but you get the point, right? The 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 thing with collectibles is if you enjoy I mean, could be a nice plus, you know, if, if you make smart purchases, of course, you, you, you can have a decent return in the future if you want to sell it. Uh, but uh, if you are a collector, that's not even in your mind, you know, it's like, yeah, maybe I, I can sell it for more or my kids or something can sell it for more in the future. But that's not why, why I'm buying this. Uh, I also think it's fair to because I also was talking about this uh, um, in, in a video that I will put on YouTube soon that uh, I think our market is very split sometimes in the sense that some people say, oh, you should not talk about money. It's all about collecting. And you have the other side that they just talk about money and they, they forget about collecting. I think it's probably a bit in the mix, you know, in the sense that, look, at the end of the day, those cards are expensive. So not talking about money. I mean, if if we all are billionaires, that, that billionaires, that makes sense. But that's not the case. So talking about money is important. Trying to make smart pushes is super important. But there is also the other side of, of the market that if I flip this for that, this for that. I mean, I, do you enjoy what you are collecting? Do, do you even watch the, the game or do you have any connection with the set? Something like that, I, I believe, yeah. is, is super, super important. So well said what, what you said there, because... I mean, yeah, uh, being a collector is, is the best feeling in the market. Yeah, I think there's room for both of what you said, too. Like, I think it's fine to, like, grade and buy and flip cards as a means, like I said, to making more money that you can then use to to buy the things that you want. And and personally, you, I think that your channel is a perfect example. Way. Yeah, but, exactly. I think that's the most enjoyable way, because like when I can buy something or once I finally get, you know, enough to buy the messy. um 
it just makes it that much more rewarding. And, and even when the messy challenge is done, that mindset and those principles, that's how I basically operate throughout the market. It's more just trying to document that process and be exactly. transparent. But once that's done, then it's like, I'm still going to continue to do that. It's not like I'm going to stop doing that type of um, you know, mindset. No, of course. I mean, exactly that. Um, and uh, your channel is perfect because if, if you look at your channel, look, you are talking as a collector right now with me, but you also track the money you put into the market. You are trying to acquire a better card. So it's very easy to, to connect both, but uh, the core of being a collector needs to be there. Specific because yeah. the, the thing is, if you are not a collector, you eventually will leave the market. I, I have yeah. zero doubt about this because you'll, you will realize what I was saying, that if you want money, this is not the best market. Eventually, people realize that. And when they realize that, okay, uh, people do not understand the value, they understand the price they live. And um, if you are a collector, value with cards is, is something different. It's something that you enjoy so much. It's something that you have memories. It's the connection with people that, that you, you meet in Discord, in Instagram. That's, that's so huge, at least for me. And, and I, I believe you, you, you feel uh, the same. Just to finish this, um, we have two more questions. The sure. question number four is what's your worst prediction for our market um, or could be the card market in general is up to you and the, the best prediction so if everything goes right versus if everything goes bad um let's start with bad <laughs> yeah i mean i i think it, the worst case is kind of just an extension of what we're seeing i mean eventually like prices can only drop so far but yeah i think the worst case scenario is that prices do drop so far yeah. that it makes things like buying and grading not sustainable, which I think would be a bummer because, like I said, that's how I think a lot of people interact with the market and also a lot how a lot of people effectively raise funds for their participation in the market. Um, on the flip side of that, though, I do think like the lower prices go again, going back to the collector side, that's it makes it more appealing for collectors. Um, I think. You know, I personally think a lot of it is just tied to like macroeconomic environment, you know, like we, as we already touched on, like there's less sort of free money out there and people have more fear. So as a result, like the market's going to kind of keep dipping. Um, but I don't I mean, I don't see where it's like everything goes to zero. Like, I don't see that scenario just because of I think the collector base of the market provides a floor that even if prices get so low, then collectors will start jumping into like buy more things for their collection, which I think keeps at least some bit of of demand. But I don't know. I, I guess I don't have like a super negative outlook of the market. Like I think it's in the in reality, like we're, we are where we are and it's there's probably room to go even lower in terms of prices. But I think that's kind of the worst of it is like prices just get lower and then it just goes back to like, you know, don't overextend yourself thinking that you're going to get you know, a short term return, I guess, is the way that I would think about that. I was I was waiting for you to share your, the, the best scenario. But the, the, the thing with with the, with the worst scenario, I think you are kind of spot on there. I mean, uh, the worst scenario is, is what we have right now to increase, uh, to, to keep in, not increase all of the sudden, because I think that's very unrealistic, but slowly this becoming the the reality, you know, that prices are going down, 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 and all of a sudden a card that was 10k is 1k. 
carta was one k is one hundred dollars, and uh, this is not one sale to another, but eventually things can there. And to be honest, if everyone feels afraid of that, they should reconsider the position in the market because that's a possibility. I don't think it's a likely one, uh, like you said, and I that I totally agree. I think we are connected with macroeconomics quite a lot. Um, look. Uh, what was the reason for the explosion of uh, our market, the Pokemon market, all the other markets? COVID played a, a role in the sense that more people at home know out about that. But also the stock market was doing so well. Crypto was at all time high. There was a lot of money go, going around. Uh, right now, crypto is off of that. And there is a huge connection between the, the crypto market and, and cards. Uh, more people talked about this in the past and, and, and I agree in general. Um, so yeah, basically people have less money. The people that have uh, that that have that, that are paying the, their home to to the bank are paying more right now. Uh, rents are probably also up. So less money overall, and of course cards are not essential to 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 live. It is what it is. But uh, please I, continue with with the best scenario. Yeah, I was gonna, so I was going to just say one more thing on the worst scenario. I think like I think one thing that could make it worse, and I think it's something that we're kind of seeing now is if panini and tops and whoever like if they keep like over basically like increasing print supply right like i think that could that's also exacerbating some of this because like let's just take tops chrome like for example it, you, there used to be six parallels right now there's like 60 right no, and so in, i think like in modern for combined, sure they... yeah that combined with like the decreasing prices at least from a for them like they're probably making plenty of money but from a like investor collector greater side that makes it challenging because even when you find the gold out of 50 of a tops chrome of even you know let's say salah or messi or whoever like how many how many other cards either equal or lesser parallels are there of those and then you have like every set and then you have every year and i think so i think there's there's that's one thing that i think could make things at least a little worse in the short term hopefully um they find a way to to avoid that um but i think that's that's less th that applies to all all card markets right like overprinting and number of sets and things like that so something that i actually learned over time uh, specific with ecgs is a lot of those companies they have a huge delay when it comes to comparing uh, results data for example in magic was very frustrating because they work three years in advance so imagine when the market is not liking something and they are we still have three years to 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 go. A Pokemon was was the same, and I'm not sure you, you probably remember this when the Pokemon market exploded. There was no Pokemon at all, and that was like one or two years like that. And all of a sudden, there is a lot, and now there is too much. So, um, yeah. probably uh, the the soccer card market, the, the sports card market in general, is a bit better since they go season by season. I assume, but that's. The, the, the delay is still there, so um, don't don't be surprised if uh, all of the sudden, let's say, in 2026, our market is doing very very well, and mm -hmm. the tops is doing less product because they they have yep. this type of of delay, and uh, I think we are also experiencing this. Look, when when the market was doing well, there was not a lot of product in the market, and and stayed like that for for a long time. All of a sudden, the market is going down. There is a lot of product because of 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 the delay but eventually things go co 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 correct yeah yeah um yeah so i guess on the upside or you know best case scenario i i still firmly believe this um i think that if you just look at 
Okay, you just look at sports cards in general. You look at other markets, basketball, American football, you know, even things like wrestling. Like there's a lot of like fringe sports as well that are really starting to to gain a lot of traction. Obviously, football, basketball, two of the biggest ones, baseball. Um, there's a there's a huge I mean, I, I actually am surprised by how high some of the prices are for just like prism silver rookies of players, right? But I think a lot of that has to do with just like the overall demand for those sports globally and specifically in the United States, where a lot of a lot of the sports card hobby is, I don't want to say base, but like there's a lot that drives a lot of the the hobby. But if you look at soccer, it's a global sport. It's like the most popular sport in the world. And from like a just it's and it's not like people don't watch it either, right? Like people watch Premier League, Champions League, La Liga. Like it's so from a demand standpoint, my my personal opinion is that it's continuing to increase. It's continuing to increase in the US, I think partially because of just the US men's national team being more relevant and more talked about and more just focused on. I think that there is an upside. I'm not saying it's gonna be like the basketball market, but you know, if you said that soccer right now was like 30% of the basketball market or something, I think it could be 75%. You know, like I think there's definitely plenty of upside just in terms of demand, focus, um, you know, people enjoying the sport in America and globally. Um, so I think like if you look at, you know, other card markets, whether you do like market cap or just sales volume or however you want to judge it, um, I think there's, I think there's upside in that regard for soccer. I'm not saying it's the same as those other sports. I think it would take a lot for it to reach those levels, but I think it's certainly higher than, than what it is now and probably significantly higher. And I think, you know, granted COVID the pandemic, as we, as you mentioned, was kind of a perfect storm of, of, you know, market peaking out. But if you look back at some of the soccer card prices during that time, I think that gives you a sense of at least what's possible. And if you compare that to now, it's already a pretty big dip. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. I don't know that we're necessarily going to be back there in a year, but longer term, um, I think especially for, you know, key players or key sets, I think there's definitely, definitely upside, especially as more and more people enter the hobby and, and just enjoy soccer generally. No, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's fair to say that, uh, I mean, the hype is not the same as it was even one year ago. I mean, we can already take a look at uh, at some major difference. Um, for example, and I, I'm totally fine talking about this. I had more viewers one year ago than I have now. But I think all content creators are more or less uh, feeling the same. Specifically in the soccer card market, what I notice is you get to a point that is difficult to get uh, much more uh, that, than you you have because our market is is still uh, is still small but um i'm okay with that you know i think everything is about cycles at the end of the day and um maybe this cycle is not the best but if you stop as now talking as a content creator uh, do if you stop doing content that's not the the solution at all because eventually the cycle will will be better if and if you are on youtube if you are putting content right there people will will find you and I, I, I honestly also apply this logic to collecting. I, I think right now quitting what you believed one year ago makes very little sense because um, was your opinion just based on prices? Probably not. It was also based on, on real fundamentals, on real 
on the value of actually the the cards slash the assets you are collecting. So stay focused. Uh, things things go go up and down. Um, and yeah, I mean, um, look in Magic the Gathering, I remember so 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 many times the people telling that the market was dying. This was twenty years ago. And look, the first time they they kind of get you. Okay, maybe it's actually dying. I I remember a friend telling me that the market is dying. You have to to quit right now, and I almost did. But uh, you know, the market was actually not dying. It was just a phase, and more of that end up end up happening. And I saw a lot of people believing that the market was dying so many times that I, I cannot even count any, any anymore. And I think the same will happen with, with the soccer card market. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, so to finish this, my friend, um, the the free question I have all the time is hot take slash unpopular opinion about the hobby. Could be about the card market or the soccer card market. Uh, um, well, I I don't even know if it's an un- unpopular opinion, but I, I kind of touched on it earlier is I think there's too much product. I think there's I think there's weight and and it's two problems. There's too much product, which I think is has impact on like prices generally. But I also don't think that in the soccer card hobby that the product is focused enough. So for example, like Panini Prism World Cup, like it's easy to understand what that set is about. It's about the World Cup, right? Uh, Tops Chrome, I can get I can understand that because it's like that's, you know, one of the key flagship sets so like every year we have a tops chrome stadium club i really enjoy and i think the thing i think about that set is it's like it's all about the photography and the aesthetics and then it starts to get kind of like finest i i like finest but it's like what's what's the role of finest like what's the the purpose merlin i think we have merlin is like the set that always has like the rookies that aren't in the other sets so i think what i'm getting at is like I wish it was a bit more focused in in the sense that like I'll just compare it to like basketball, right? Basketball rookies make sense because every year there's a draft and there's like a class of rookies that then have the rookie logo. And so it's like it's very intuitive. It's very obvious. Soccer, we obviously don't have that really. There's no draft. A guy's a rookie because Panini or Tops decide that he's a rookie basically or it's like the first time he's in a card and it's not consistent between sets. And so then when you're you know, you look at someone like Jude Bellingham, he's in every set and he has like a ton of rookies and you have other people who are in one single set. And I think I just, maybe it's just something I wish. I wish it was a little more structured where it was like, like in baseball where they have like Bowman. And so that's where all the prospects are. And so like, okay, this is your first Bowman card. And then you'll have like a rookie card. I wish it was something like that, where like Merlin was where all the prospects were or something like that, because then it's like, OK, that's the the value proposition of Merlin. I know Merlin has has history and, and context in the hobby, so maybe that's not the best example, but I'm just trying to. And then maybe finest is where you have, I don't know. Rookie guard, whatever, and then tops Chrome is like the first time they're in Champions League or, you know, whatever it is, but it just feels very unstructured. And I think because of that, I at least find myself not as excited about new releases because it's like other than just prospecting on the new rookie class and hoping I can grade and flip them before the hype dies down like it's just hard for me to really I guess feel connected or feel like focused on what's happening especially with so much I guess product coming out I don't know that's that's just something I've been thinking about recently 
Okay, so a lot of things there. Um, I agree, a lot of product. And uh, what you said is something that um, I, I, I believe I made a video about this in the past that uh, we don't have a clear winner product in, in, in the soccer card market. I think we, we try to make it the Sapphire, but some people are not buying into that. Some people really like the Prism. Then there is people that, no, no, Top Scrum for me is still the thing to go. And you end up touching in Finest that uh, I think is the perfect example because Finest is basically Top Scrum if you think about it. You know, there is almost no difference. Both are, the license is the same, it's for Champions League. So why is that product, Merlin at least, or even Stadium to a certain level, but you can see they have different rookies a lot of times, specific Merlin. So the product kind of makes sense, but there is a lot of products that they don't make a lot of sense. And Finest, I said this a couple of times already, Finest is the weirdest set in the soccer card market because in other markets it's kind of huge. You know, um, I also collect Star Wars. Finest is huge there. But here is, is a bit of whatever product. I mean, what are the, the, the popular Finest cards apart from Alan Rookie? Um, nothing, if you, if you really think about it. So. I, I agree, but yeah. it is, is, it, this is a complex topic, to, to be honest. Well, and you bring up Finest, it's interesting, too, because if, if you go way back to the beginning of Finest, like the 90s, and you look at like the like the first refractors were in Finest, not Topps Chrome. So Finest has this like legacy in other sports. I agree in soccer, it's it's kind of like, well, how is it different than Chrome other than, I mean, I personally like Finest. I like the design. I like how it looks. But I, I like Finest like, a lot, by the way, just to yeah. make it clear. But it, but it is it, it is kind of like what is the you know what are the you know it's it has the same parallels it has mostly the same players as tops chrome so then it's like if i'm picking between the two what is the differentiator one thing i do like that they did is with the finest flashback set because that that one gave me a lot of nostalgia for like the 90s like they basically took the old designs and applied it to soccer i don't know if that's something so, I, I think they're doing it this year too you're talking but, again, about are you talking about the 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 new the Ronaldinho, the Cristiano Ronaldo, the the, the new insert? Uh, no, it's uh, there's like a there was like a whole it was like a it was like another set. So like that's oh, the problem too. It's like another hobby set, but it was called fine football's finest or finest flashbacks. Um, but the but the in, cards in soccer, are, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like one of the I, I had like a messy gold that I sold a while ago, but it's mm. it just it has a very old kind of like nostalgic 90s feel to it, which I really enjoyed. But the problem is that it was another, there was Finest and then now there's Finest flashback. So it's like another set, which is, I think, okay. just adding to the problem. Um, but yeah, and I think part of it too is maybe because like in the life cycle of other sports, like soccer is is has come after all these other ones. So they're like, so Tops has, hey, we have Chrome and we have Finest and we have Stadium Club for all these other sets. Like, let's just apply it to soccer. Um, I don't know what the answer is though. Like, I don't really see Tops just deciding to stop making certain products. And I did, think from did like you a saw, re I'm sorry. Did, did did you saw the because we are talking about finest the the new inserts they have? I actually, I forgot the name. I know Cristiano Ronaldo is in the private footballs, um, but I, I oh, yeah. you have the Ronaldinho. To be fair, nowadays all and that's another problem is. All the new sets they have legends. You see Zidane yep. in every set right now, R9 in every set. But uh, also your thoughts about that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's cool in the sense that, you know, when I think about growing when I was growing up and I was younger, you know, 
Ronaldinho, Thierry Henry, like those are the guys. I mean, I think that's why a lot of people in this market are really into pre-modern because that's a lot of the players and the teams that we watched as we were as we were growing up. But um, it, it's complicated because as much as I like seeing them, I personally am not a huge fan of like non like cards of people who aren't playing anymore. I don't know why. It's like it's because I can't watch them on TV. Like I can watch Thierry Henry commentating on champions league but i can't really like watch him play as i'm collecting the cards which i think makes it difficult um but i mean it's cool when you have like certain players where it's like they don't have a lot of cards in general and then they pop up on one of these sets with like a gold refractor or something so i don't know i'm kind of torn i i i'm not as excited about it but i could see why people wouldn't would enjoy it no, for sure. I mean, um, same feeling here. Um, I, if those end up being very exclusive from one set, let's say only Top Scrum does that or only Prism does that, I think that will be much cooler. But since even Stadium is doing that, Merlin is doing that, I think all the sets nowadays are doing that. So if if they are not special, that's the problem. But um, it's cool to see at least. I mean, uh, I was looking at the Ronaldo, the Brazilian one, a museum card out of 39 sold for $15. I thought, look, I mean, nothing wrong with that. I mean, at one point, I ended up going crazy, but people, at the end of the day, the market adjusts, you know, and people are realizing, yeah, this, this will be happening for years and years and years to come. So there is no reason to pay a lot for, for them. And a lot of people don't, do not like to collect um, cards from players that are not uh, playing anymore. So... But yeah, my friend, yep. thank you so much. Um, if you have any final thoughts, feel feel free to share. Uh, yeah, no, just excited to come on and, and chat again. And I think, like I said, just really enjoying approaching the hobby as a, a collector and interacting with and meeting other other collectors. And yeah, just it's just been a really fun way, I think, to participate in the hobby. And I expect I'll be continuing to participate and make content for for many years to come so yeah thanks again for having me on no for sure my my pleasure again um and yeah we, we, we need to to do another one in one year or even less who knows um because it's always good to to chat with other collectors um and at the end of the day i mean i think we kind of need more of this type of content also on the on the the soccer card market community on youtube um and I'm talking against myself because I, I talk a lot about money, investing this, investing that, but uh, collector stock are, are also quite uh, quite important. So repeating myself, but once again, thank you so much for uh, for accepting the, the invite. And yeah, see you guys next time. Have a nice day. Bye.